The following content is not suitable for children. George, let's talk about that good enough responding idea that you have when people can't give their partner what they need, how maybe there's a second target that keeps the connection and builds a bridge. Nice. Like second targets, Lori. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. Good enough responding, Lori. That's the marker. You know, so many people, the expectations are so high. Mm-hmm. And those high expectations lead to disappointment. Yep. With a lot of couples, especially around sexual issues, there's been lots of distance, lots of misses. Mm-hmm. Right? So to create change, you got to build this expectation that change is difficult. And, you know, the attempts to try have to lead to some success. So really shifting those expectations to good enough. And it's almost like the gap between a couple gets so big that when one person finally takes a risk, like it's just not enough. It's just, if it falls flat and then they're right back into that negative cycle. Right. So I've been thinking a lot about how to, how to kind of lower those expectations in more practical ways that can set couples up for success. Good enough is sort of like, When I was a young mother and I read this book on good enough parenting, you know, you don't have to be a perfect parent. You have to make it about 70% of the time to be attuned to your kids. And there's a lot of misses. And I think that's, that was really encouraging to me as a parent to know that I could still be a good parent if I was just good enough, not the perfect parent. And I think that's what you're saying here. Is there a way when there's been a large gap between people? For there to be a beginning, okay, it's it's not what I want. It's not everything I want, but I see you trying, and that's good enough for right now. I, I think the pursuer part says, if I accept that, if I accept good enough, that means that's where we're going to stop, and mm-hmm. it's not what I want. And so that often incites them to push further. Right. I'm thinking about like two clear targets the first target being the responsiveness that works. I mean, that's what we're aiming for. So if I want to be intimate, I want a different position, I want to be seen, what, what is it you're looking for and your mm-hmm. partner meets that need? Like mm-hmm. that's the clear target. But when that, there's just too much mistrust for that. Mm-hmm. Then the second target that you know I'll settle for is protection. So if, if your partner risks for you, but you don't trust that, and therefore you don't respond, you don't give your partner success for their new move, then can you give your partner permission then for protecting themselves? A lot of times the permission for the protection starts to build the bridge. It starts to shrink the distance. It's not as good as the responsiveness, but it's a really good start towards that. So let's let's give an example of that. Okay. If I am the pursuer, mm-hmm. let, let's say I'm the withdrawer. Okay. Let's start it easier because I'm coming up with a new move. Sure. Let's do both. Let's do both. But I'm the withdrawer and you I want in, something from you. You want something from me or you want me to initiate and I never really initiate. 
I haven't initiated in 20 years, and you've been complaining about that the whole time. So all of a sudden, I initiate. That's, what's that going to be like for you? I think it would be good, but it also would bring up grief, right? Like, why haven't you done this before? Or, I mean, it's it's good. It comes my way, but I think my heart would doubt it. There you go. There's the good old but, right? Yeah. It's like, it's good, but that's simple mistrust, mm-hmm. right? Your body doesn't have practice. It doesn't know what to do with it. It's It brings up a lot of triggers for you. But that but, that mistrust rejects my attempt, mm-hmm. it right? does. which is going to make me do what? It's going to make you withdraw and not ever try again. Right. So therefore, I did not have success, mm-hmm. right? But to create change, it's likely I'm not going to have success with just one attempt. That's just what mistrust is. So this is a very predictable process. I risk, you don't trust it. I get shot down, I disengage, which is exactly why you mistrust and we're right back into the negative cycle. Mm -hmm. Right back where we started from. Right. So because you couldn't respond, which would be the best case scenario for you to be able to kind of get excited and give me success for risking. Like, wow, this is so great. Yes, let's go. And you can't get yourself there. That's pretty Mm -hmm. human. Mm -hmm. But for you to then settle for that second target, which is right, can you now give me permission for not wanting to engage. Can you tell me, you know what? No wonder why you don't want to initiate. If that's what happens, getting away from that space feels safer than staying in it. Mm-hmm. Right. And now you giving me permission to want to protect myself is actually giving me success. It's what we call slicing it thinner. You couldn't give me success in the big picture in a positive way, but now your ability to give me success for my own protection. I never get that. I always get criticized for my protection. Mm-hmm. But your ability to tell me, okay, changes that. What's that oh, like to hear? Gosh, I mean, I hear you. It resonates as truth. But that pursuer part of me is just like, oh, now you really want me to tell them that. But it's sure great that you just went ahead and withdrew again. <laughs> you know, I really get that. Oh, those are your options. One. <laughs> Give me success and respond. Two, say, hey, that sucks how that played out. I get why you go away. Mm-hmm. Three is to just keep doing what you always do and, mm-hmm. and kind of don't even see what I did differently. Just get yeah. frustrated with me. Yeah. So the second one is what we're shooting for today. Like That's we, we good know enough. We know that people are going to struggle with mistrust, but the good enough response when your partner finally comes forward is and and you can't receive it. And then they go ahead and sort of back into their withdrawal is to say, hey, you know, I recognize I wasn't, I really couldn't receive it. And it makes sense that, that, you know, you're holding up again and withdrawing again. I, of course you are doing that because it didn't go well. And especially when you did the thing that I've always asked you to do. Mm -hmm. This is really a game changer. It's a game changer, not only for couples, but for therapists listening. Right, just to be ready in these moments when you're trying to create new moves, that that mistrust is going to slip in and mm. oftentimes blow up all the progress that's being made. Mm, right, that and is if you're so ready true. to lean in those moments, be like, "Wait a second, this is really predictable. This is what change looks like. It's okay for that person to not trust, and it's okay for that lack of trust to blow up the other person's risking." Mm-hmm. And if both of them could just acknowledge that, all of a sudden they're in it together instead of separate holes mm-hmm. together. I like so to say that again. This is what change looks like. 
This, this is, is what, what change. exactly what change looks like. If, mm-hmm. if, if somebody's going to come up with a new move, the other person, even though they want it's not going to trust it. Right. So that mistrust is often going to reject the new move that's built into change. Mm-hmm. So if we're ready to lean into those moments and just being able to say you have good reasons to mistrust and your partner has good reasons why the timing sucks when they're trying something new that they're not having success with it. We could hold both of those truths. Right. And then that ability to just say that to each other starts to build a common, you know, they're in it together instead of where it typically leads, which is two separate holes. Mm. So true. So true. I've often seen the mistrust as the anchor against change. It's like right when the ship is turning, which turns far too slowly for the pursuer, then they lock down and they say, you know, but whatever, you know, it's not enough. This is the only time you've done it. You know, any number of ways they express their mistrust I can see that, but I I think your way is so much more hopeful to see it as this is this is a predictable part of the change sequence. There's going to be mistrust, and there's going to be withdrawal. Mm-hmm. You know, after the risk, if your partner doesn't accept it and doesn't get it. Yeah, I started playing a lot with this when you know understanding those brain states. Green is really open, yellow is some openness and mistrust, mm-hmm. you know, and then red is really kind of locked down. But really in those moments to see that the person who's taken a risk is coming from a green place because they want something different. They're a bit scared, but they're, they're going to a new move, which shows there's an openness. Mm-hmm. The person who hears it is, wants to hear it, but that mistrust can pull their brain yellow. Right, that starts going to this place of I don't want to get hurt. I, you know, what if it doesn't happen? What if they're just doing it to make me happy? All those tapes can play. <laughs> right. right, they're they're longing for it. They they want this move, but the mistrust is they protect themselves with doubt and yeah. afraid to to lean into it. Well, you have two green brains getting pulled yellow, mm-hmm. right? And a therapist's ability to jump in and be able to say, whoa, 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 your mistrust makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. How could you not have it? You you give love to the mistrust, right? Which is usually <laughs> what kind of calms it down for yeah. that green brain, brain to come in, right? And and for that partner in this situation, you for you to be able to say, hey, I have good reasons for my mistrust because I need a lot more of this. This is one exception to thousands of times the other way. Mm-hmm. I get you, Laura. You're getting love there, mm-hmm. right? But now, can you see George and how if he takes a risk? and it doesn't work, why he would not want to try, mm-hmm. right? Your ability to see that and see me pulls your brain green. And it's like, yeah, George, I get why then you wouldn't want to engage. That's like music to my ear, mm-hmm. right? That's what pulls my brain green. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden we have this mist that could send us down this really bad road or could actually lead to more closeness and understanding. Yeah, the therapist in that moment who who really is the cooling rod who sees both of them right and validates both of their reactions to each other is great and then i guess what we're suggesting to people is if you're not with a therapist can you reach for your partner in the way that would work which is if you're the pursuer just say hey look at i saw you come forward you know maybe, maybe it's not in that same moment but couple hours later, you go, you know, you really did initiate and I wasn't ready for it. My heart was distrustful and I know that's got to feel bad to you uh, when you took the risk. Mm-hmm. And maybe the withdrawer would say, what, 
I think we should give a nice, good example when we come okay. back okay, with the withdrawal. But it really, f- to have both partners recognize that whenever you risk, it's very likely mistrust is going to be part of the process. Don't get surprised by it. Don't get shocked by it. Don't take it super personal. This mm-hmm. is what change looks like. When people are prepared for it, they can do some cool things with it. Mm-hmm. Mistrust is part of the change process. Yes. All right, let's come back and get a nice, good example. Okay, May 20th is our couple's retreat. So great sex, great love. You can find it on our website on foreplayradiosextherapy.com. And we just invite you as a couple to come and join us on May 20th. It's Friday. It's all day. We talk all about sex. We talk about everything. And we do it in a way that's safe and not embarrassing. But if you come, you will have conversations you've never had before. Yes. So May 20th, again, great sex, great love. Please join us. Come on. Hey, don't forget to check out uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. It really helps us to support the podcast and keep delivering free content. Thanks so much. Lori, really excited about the Success and Vulnerability Project. We are really pushing the leading edges of therapy and breaking down the process and in moments, session by session, choice points. Why does this work? What intervention are you using? If it works, what do you do next? I mean, this is the next level for therapists. If you want to up your game, you want to see real clinical examples, you want to break down the process, you want demonstrations, you want teaching. I mean, it's all there. Really exciting, good stuff. It is. I love it. It is good. I love what you guys do teaching and the demonstrations. They're fun. They're funny. And they're really helpful to my work. So this is training for therapists. If you'd like this training, go to successinvulnerability.com. It's all one word, successinvulnerability.com. Okay, what's our example? A sexy example. So I was the withdrawer. So let's give, let's go, Laura. You can give me an example of a pursuer taking a risk. What would be a pursuer risk? And then let's see if we can build in this mistrust and this butt and see if we can deal with it differently. Um, a pursuer risk. Mm. I mean, the, my pursuer brain is empty. What do you mean, take a risk? Um, well, they take lots of risks. They do. Right. So maybe it's you've been rejected. Now you're getting back on the horse. So here you go again for mm-hmm. the thousandth time mm-hmm. trying to kind of have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's still a risk. Yeah. So if, so you want me to do an example of that? Yeah. I, I guess. I'm going to try to respond knowing I went to this cool therapist who helped me not respond, have a but, but mm-hmm. still kind of give you permission and see what that's like for you. Okay. So I know we've talked about this a lot, and I know that sometimes your body just doesn't feel the need to have sex very much, hardly very much at all. I know that. But I, I I just want to talk to you one more time about what my body feels. It's like I see you walking around and I like feel something inside. I crave you. And so it's kind of like I'm always tantalized. And I know you're just going about your day. You're not thinking about sex. But just looking at you, I feel this 
longing. I mean, I mean, I want to be close to you in my body. And I'm always thinking you're going to turn around, come toward me, hug me and, you know, and say, let's go to bed. And, and would it be okay? I mean, I, I know that would be crazy, but would it be okay if when I do feel that longing, you know, that I tell you maybe a couple times a week, just like what it's like to long for you and want you, I, I would just, I'd like to be able to express it so that I'm not alone in it, you know, because I'm over there, I get alone and, and then I, you know, make up in my head that you don't even want to hear about it. And then I feel separate from you. And a lot of that's going on in my head. Well, I mean, now's not really a great time because I'm running out the door here. So, okay. Okay. So, and and you know, I just noticed, let's pause this. Okay. Let's pause. What does that feel like? Right. Which is again, you're taking a risk. You're trying to kind of present it in a nice way. I can hear it. Mm -hmm. And my old move is just not respond to it. Yeah. Right. But now I also got to kind of build in some awareness of what that's going to do to you. Right. That's the permission that we're talking about. So before I walk away, if I would say something, you know, and Lori, you know, I know how hard it is to kind of bring this stuff up. And if I'm not engaging, like I get how frustrating that is for you. And then why you want to keep talking about it, why you want to bring it up again, because it's not resolved and it's not being being dealt with. So I, I know that's hard for you. And I do think when I come home tonight, it will be a better time. It will carve out some time to talk about that. Okay. Okay. Right. That's good. That's good. I'll see you later. Okay. <laughs> out the door out the door but did that feel any different just that acknowledgement of then the frustration that you're going to feel it did i i felt the just in the first part when you were saying i gotta go it's not a good time you know there's like it's it there's so much tension in that you know it's like it's said softly but it's it's like it got screamed you know and then Mm -hmm. when you come back and say I know this is probably hard for you that we can't complete this conversation now. And yeah, I think it felt it's just the awareness of what I might go through that helps. And that's the good news here. This, this, this stuff's so predictable, mm-hmm. right? If you're a pursuer and your needs are not going to be met, you're going to push and protest and get angry and frustrated that those are going to be your moves. If mm-hmm. you're withdrawing, your needs not going to be met, you're going to pull away. You're going to disengage. Those moves are predictable. How do we get each partner to give permission for that move if you're not going to meet their need? Right? Yeah. If I'm not going to show up and talk to you, then I got to give you permission to protect yourself, to mm-hmm. get frustrated by it. If you're not going to give me reinforce the risk with some success, you better give me permission to kind of pull away. Mm-hmm. What's so tragic in couples is not only do they not get their needs met, but then they get blamed for protecting themselves with their needs not being met. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what feels so gaslighting for both sides in a negative cycle. It's like, wait, you're not going to respond to me, and then you're going to blame me because I get angry, or you blame <laughs> yeah, me because exactly. I go away. Exactly. So we're just trying to, like, it's good enough. If you can't respond, I hope everyone listening, we're not always going to be able to respond. But if you can't, can you at least give that your partner permission for whatever they might feel when their needs are not going to be met? That's all permission is. Mm-hmm. It's It seems so scary, though, doesn't it? I think from the withdrawer side to say, hey, I get it. You're going to be angry with me. Ooh, that's really tough. Really What's the tough. alternative? 
Yeah, the alternative is to say nothing and then say your nothing. partner feels ignored and not seen and gets even angrier. I mean, they might get angry either way, but if you know they're going to get angry because, you know, you can't respond to them, it's probably better to call it out and have some mercy on it. I mean, mm-hmm. not call it out and say, I know you'll probably get angry. That's that's not going to work. No. It's with compassion. I know this is a stuck place between us. I can't really respond to you right now. And you're probably going to be pissed off for the rest of the afternoon and evening. And I, I know why. I, I see that. It is responsiveness. It's not the responsiveness the partner is looking for, mm-hmm. but it's good enough responsiveness. It's at least not blaming the person for mm-hmm. kind of what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. And when we build in this permission for mistrust, it really is how we start to build a bridge. Too many couples, they're just too far apart on these issues. They're not going to be able to kind of cross that whole span in one conversation. But they start stringing together a couple of these conversations, and before you know it, voila, they're closer together. Yeah, a few of these where they, the cycles where you just start to notice. I mean, I think part of it too is you're catching yourself in the cycle, mm-hmm. right? My partner's coming forward. I'm not responding either way. And just catching it and naming it and saying it out loud, it's like it breaks the power of the negative cycle over us. It's like, oh, okay, it's it's better this way. I, I do get that. I hope you write this down, George. This is good well, stuff. You know, I was working with a couple where the husband, for whatever good reasons, just didn't show up in moments of need for his wife. You know, things would happen and he was more cautious and he would play it safe, but she'd always I feel it, right? And, and then she'd get angry and then he'd go away and there goes their cycle. So they, they had a weekend where, you know, some family member said something, extended family member, and he froze up again, mm. right? And afterwards, he always says he's sorry, but in the moment, he never does it. And they have the same conversation and it doesn't lead anywhere. You know, what he did differently this time was when he froze up and she got angry, he went after her once he unfroze himself and he said, wow, you know, I did it again. No wonder why you get so angry at me. Like I I let you down. I don't show up. And then when you try to tell me it, like you're set up to be the angry and I see you as being negative and critical when like, how could you not be when I, when I did this to you? Mm-hmm. What do you think that was like for the year? That's like the dawn breaks over the go. mountains, you know, like, wow, thank you, thank you, thank you for seeing it. Right? I think exactly. that's, that's How'd what... You know? Were you there? <laughs> she said it felt like he was seeing me for the first time. Mm. The worst thing isn't the miss. The worst thing is being pathologized for how you protect yourself with the miss. Mm-hmm. Like, we can control that. Partners can learn to not put the, the, their other partner in that predicament. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's a great example. I think that if he comes forward, you know, like I like that you said after he unfroze himself, you know, so it may not be instantaneous that people can do this. But as you think about it and you go, okay, yeah, we're doing it again. And what did I do? Just acknowledging that to your partner is fantastic. I'm sure the partner felt great. Right. What do most partners do instead? Well, this is the reason I got froze. And they just mm-hmm. go into like justification talking points on mm-hmm. both sides Defensive. and they never move the needle in this. Right. Right. So even if you don't respond, 
your ability to see the predictableness of your partner and what that does gives you a, a new move. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't it's mean the, we're not it's working the second, towards. It's, what did you call it? It's the second target. It's the second I mean, the target. The first target would be doing That's the, the thing that makes your partner feel good and responded to. The second target is just acknowledging that it makes sense why they're reacting the way they're reacting. Right. So in that example, the first target would be not freezing and him saying to that family member, hey, that's not okay to talk to my wife that way. That's what she's needing. <laughs> that's what that's she how wants. really the fireworks are going to go off for her. Yeah. But again, he's in, he doesn't like conflict. He's got good reasons he freezes up. But slicing that dinner, the second target is going to be, hey, you know what? I get when I don't have your back. Mm-hmm. That leaves you out to dry where you then have to stand up for yourself. So you're not mm-hmm. being too much because you're standing up for yourself and being angry. That's what you need. Like that's also a game changer. Mm-hmm. Good enough responding. Good enough responding. Okay, so let's let's say it all again. From if the withdrawer comes forward mm-hmm. sexually, let's say that. Yep. And they Takes initiate they initiate something, something toward what their pursuer has wanted, maybe not all the way, but some way toward it. And then the pursuer's heart doesn't trust. Yep. So I'm the pursuer. I have two moves. One is I respond backflips and cartwheels to you taking a new move. That's the best case scenario. But if I can't do that, because I'm like, what the heck is going on here? This is weird. I don't know what's, I I don't trust it. Then I got to be able to give you permission for, hey, I get if I'm not going to respond and not trust what you're doing, why you wouldn't want to engage. You're not doing anything wrong because you want to pull back. That makes absolute sense to me. And I'm thinking of some withdrawers I see right now, George, that that would be so awesome for them to hear from their pursuer. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I tried a little bit and it wasn't good enough or wasn't far enough and you got mad. But if instead of that, they say, yeah, and you shut down again. And that makes sense to me because I could see you at least making an effort yeah. and I didn't acknowledge it. Okay. And I am not going to blame you for that. You have really good reasons for it. That is such music to people's ears. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. the flip side of it is, I am the pursuer. And I'm taking a risk. Right? Going and again. You, you don't know how to trust it for good right. reasons. Right. What can you do to me? Your first choice would be respond to my risk. Yeah. I love the, the way you're choice, saying it. It's so soft. This time I get it. Hmm. I want to have sex just as often as you do. <laughs> okay. That would Second work. Choice. That's the best. That's the best scenario. If you want to go to that first, we're not saying go for that one. Go for that one, man. Okay. Second, good enough responding. The second target is? If, I, if you're not going to respond, give me permission then for, for being frustrated and angry. I'm not a monster. I'm not too much. I'm not being difficult. I don't wake up just wanting to do this. This happens when my needs are not (laughs) being met and you can see that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It makes sense that you are going to get frustrated with me again. Yeah. These are both doable. If you can't do one, do two. Okay. So if you can't totally respond, go for the second target. If you don't do either, you're just back in the same cycle. So That's right. You're back in that place anyway, so you might as well give your your partner what they're looking for. Amen. Okay. Thanks for listening. Keep it hot, y'all. 
Call in your questions to the 4Play Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media.